You know, I, I like learning new things and I like trying new things, but I hated being in a in an institution that was designed to tell me what to do. It comes down to me not wanting to do anything other than what I want to do. It was so easy to, to buy something that had demand. I would have the supply, I would buy it at a lower price and I would sell it at and I made more money doing that. Welcome back to another episode of The Real Entrepreneur. Today is January 12th, 2024 at 9.41 Central Standard Time. Real Entrepreneur, uh, this is where we're gonna be discussing uh, topics. I'm gonna uh, try and share whatever I can with you guys that is uh, helping me, has helped me, currently helping me, things I'm gonna be trying out, things we're doing that are working, things we're doing that are not working, and just try and share as much information and knowledge and, and experience as I possibly can. So today we have a, another question. When did you know it was time to become a full-time entrepreneur? So my experience as, as an entrepreneur goes back to when I was a little kid. And it really, for me, I mean, it comes down to, to one thing ultimately. And it's probably not a great character trait necessarily. I don't, you know, necessarily like this character trait in other people. For myself, it is, it comes down to me not wanting to do anything other than what I want to do. So as a kid, I never wanted to follow instructions. I just absolutely hate somebody telling me what to do. The the instant somebody tells me what to do, it, uh, <laughs> I don't know, it, it creates this, this extremely uncomfortable feeling deep inside myself. And so that's really where it all started for me when I was a young kid. I never wanted to have a job. You know, I never wanted to, to do what my grandparents or my parents or my sister or, or any of these people did with or anybody around me with going to college, getting a, a career, having a job. I didn't really like school. You know, I, I like learning new things and I like trying new things, but I hated being in a in an institution that was designed to tell me what to do. I, I just really dislike that and still do and always have. And so that's where it really started for me of wanting to do my own thing. It started for me with uh, selling selling drugs and selling weed when I was a, a little kid. It was so easy to, to buy something that had demand. I would have the supply. I would buy it at a lower price and I would sell it at. And I made more money doing that than I did in school. Obviously, I didn't make any money in school. Didn't really learn anything in school. Other than I really learned how to manipulate teachers in school, which has been a, a good thing in terms of communication skills, people skills, and things like that. But, you know, I started selling weed and, and things when I was, I don't know, like 13, 14, and did that from 14 through, you know, 21 until uh, I got sober and stopped breaking the law. But uh, that's where it really started for me was I had a job too because my my family really wanted me to to get a job and be a, a productive member of society. So I worked at this place that we do business with today that makes t-shirts and banners and signs and things like that. Uh, but I worked at this place and I was making minimum wage, $7.25 an hour. 
I worked part-time because I was in school. I was in high school. And I, I don't know, maybe made like 200 bucks a week when at the same exact time I was selling weed and I could make, you know, 200 bucks an hour. So profit. And so I just, uh, I would, I was selling weed the entire time that I was in school and had this job. And I only had this job just to silence, you know, noise from the outside to allow me to continue to do what I wanted to do. But I hated having a job. It was, it was a waste of time. $7.25 an hour. I never enjoyed, you know, trading my time for, for money like that. I never enjoyed uh, following rules. I never enjoyed people telling me what to do. And so that's where it started for me was just as a young kid, not wanting to do what everybody else was doing and not wanting anybody to tell me what I could or could not do. So the question was, when did I know it was the right time to, to become an, an entrepreneur? I mean, I always have been, right? I've ultimately just, uh, that's what I'm trying to get at. It's not like I calculated the decision on when was the right time to, to do it. I had that job then. Then I got sober when I was 21 and I got a I couldn't, I could no longer sell drugs and I didn't want to, you know, I, I had changed my life and I had formed a relationship with God and wanted to live by different morals and, and, and things and breaking the law was, was one of those things that I no longer wanted to do. But when I got sober, I worked at uh, firehouse subs, another thing, uh, $8 and 25 cents an hour. I did get a raise, uh, about 12 months into eight fifty, twenty-five 25 cent raise. And even then I was not making any money, but I didn't really need to. I didn't really have any expenses. I lived at a sober living house. I managed that sober living house. So I got to live there for free. And what I did from like 21 to, to 23, when I was working these jobs, I had saved up all my money that I made from these low paying jobs. But ultimately what I was doing is I was really just trying to figure out what I was gonna do, where I was gonna go. I, I had no intention of any of these things becoming my career, nor was I looking for like a career job at all? But I was looking for what legal business was I going to start? Because I knew that I could go, at the time I was living in Fort Worth, I knew that I could drive to West Campus here in Austin. I could buy a couple of pounds of weed and I could sell that and easily double or triple my money uh, anytime I wanted to. But I was no longer going to do that. So I was looking for legal businesses that I was going to start in order to be able to do that. But I didn't really need these jobs. However, it was a productive thing for, for me to do versus, you know, sit around the house all day. I was really going through a, a spiritual transformation at the time. I mean, from 12 to 21, I was under the influence of drugs and alcohol every single day. So by the time I got sober, it was really like I was trying to relearn how to live. I, I remember, you know, walking outside in the morning and, you know, it's still dark and, and seeing the moon and just almost... I, you know, I'm 21 years old and almost like that's the first time I, I experienced that in my life. And so I was little things like that. I was having to just really kind of, you know, rebuild myself and restart my life. But it was a really great time to try things out. I had these jobs, you know, not firehouse subs, um, even though I did explore kind of what it would look like to you know, buy one of those franchises and open up that store. But I, I did that. Then I worked at a, a country club. Then I worked for an oil and gas company. And then I worked for a company that bought and resold electronics and, you know, hard drives and computer equipment and, and things like that. But 
each one of those jobs, specifically the oil and gas and the computer parts resale business, I was really just kind of studying different businesses. I didn't need the jobs at all. I had money. I was going to school at the time at ACC. I was really just trying to figure out what I was going to do. But anyways, I got that discount electronics store. At this time, I had already started investing with Matt. I think we bought our first single family house at that time. Maybe not right then, but we were investing in stocks together. Uh, so I was investing my money. I was, you know, kind of multiplying it that way. But anyways, I got fired from the uh, electronic company because I, I asked uh, my boss, his name was RJ. I asked him, you know, hey man, because uh, I was studying this stuff, you know, they're paying me like 10 or 11 bucks an hour and it really didn't mean anything it was just kind of something productive for me to do versus doing nothing but i was studying what this business was doing you know i was getting paid to to learn the business and you know we would buy these electronic it was just like selling drugs we'd buy these electronics in bulk they'd come in via the pallet we'd break the pallet down we'd pull out the good parts we'd trash the trash parts we'd relist them on ebay or anywhere else and resell them at you know, 10x what we bought it for. And so I was really fascinated with how, you know, the same concept of selling drugs could be applied to this computer stuff. And so I had told my boss, RJ, I said, he, he was a good, he was a good guy. You know, it was a good work environment, really laid back. He uh, took us out to lunch every day at, you know, wherever, Jason's Deli or something. And one time we we're out to lunch, I told him, you know, I'd like to, you know, do this on my own. I had like, you know, 40, 50 grand saved up. I had it invested in stocks. Like I said, didn't really need this job. And I told him, hey man, I'd like to do this on my own. You know, I'd love for you to be my mentor or I don't remember my exact pitch to him or what I said, but anyways, a week and a half later, I got fired. And it was at that time where I just said, yeah, fuck, you know, fuck all this. I'm not going back and getting another job. I don't need these low paying crappy jobs anyways. I'm just gonna go just do my own thing. Um, my rent at the time was like 600 bucks. You know, I didn't really have any responsibilities. I could do whatever I wanted. I had cash saved up. I was ready to, you know, go off and and never look back on on these uh, bad jobs. So that's when I decided done enough research. I'm in a good enough spot. At this time, I'd been sober for two and a half, three years or so. You know, so I was in a good place mentally and spiritually and physically. And my life had substantially improved from when I first got sober. And so that's at the time when I decided to go out and just do my own thing. And what we did or what I did was I did attempt to do the electronic stuff. You have to have a good supplier uh, for these things for the uh, just like with drugs or with anything else. Uh, you had to have a good supplier to get these these pallets of electronics, and I could never get his his source of where he he bought these things from. Even when they came in via the pallet, the shipping labels and all that stuff. To my knowledge, because I I checked, uh, it didn't have you know where he was buying these from, and so I struggled on that part. And that's you know uh, it's a good thing he fired me. I mean you know I would have then started bidding against him against you know, for these pallets and things, but, you know, bought some crap off, you know, Facebook marketplace and things like that and was researching and going to these warehouses and, you know, going to other people and researching things. And uh, had I stuck with it and pursued it further, just like with real estate or anything else, I would have for sure found success in it. But in the middle of me kind of going down that path, a friend of mine who uh, I'd gotten sober with and 
lived in sober living with approached me and we had discussed opening up a business in the recovery industry, which is, you know, peer recovery support coaching and interventions and treatment centers will pay you to do transports of their clients to make sure they get where they need to go from, you know, home to detox or from detox to treatment or or wherever. And so we did that. We had a lot of connections in that industry. We knew everybody, uh, all of our friends who we had gotten sober with, worked at all these places. And so it made sense to to pursue that versus continue to pursue the electronic stuff. And we did, and we were, we were pretty successful. That business and partnership uh, didn't continue, but it was a successful business in terms of profitability and going from zero to making more money than I had ever had before. And it was a success, but the, uh, the partnership didn't continue. And so anyways, from there is, you know, the rest of the story, but going back to the, the question of, of when was the right time? Yeah. I mean, I always knew when did I know it was the right time to become a full-time entrepreneur? I always knew. I always knew that I was not going to do this bullshit and I was not going to do what society wanted me to do. And I was not going to go to college and get a full-time job and do this for the rest of my life and, you know, wait till I'm 65 to retire. And I always knew I wasn't going to do those things. I always hated having a job. Even when I was sober, I mean, I was for sure, you know, one of the, the best employees at all these places because I always had a good attitude. I showed up to work every single day. I showed up early every single day. I would go above and beyond. I would do things that, you know, uh, wasn't required of my position. But I was a bad employee in the sense because I definitely wasn't going to stick around. And I didn't want to do those things. But I always had a good attitude and, and showed up every single day. But when I had those jobs, I knew that this was just a, a stepping stone for me. And I was really just figuring out my life in a sense. So I always knew that I was gonna do my own thing, have my own businesses, make money my own way. And really it, it stems from a core desire to never be told by anybody what to do or how I can do it. I always wanna do things on my terms and that'll probably never change. But that's the, I've known that from day one when I was a little kid. I've always hated being told what to do. And so from that moment is when I knew that I was always going to do my own thing. She asked me, you know, if someone's in college or has a nine to five or is in a career, but they want to be a, an entrepreneur, what are some actionable steps? I really think it, it relates back to this like primal desire that you may or may not have. Having a job is not a bad thing. Having a job is a good thing. You know, I don't think that having a job is, is not a, you know, a good thing for everybody. Uh, I just know for me that I just have this, this deep desire within inside me to, to not be told what to do and to not, you know, live life on somebody else's terms. And I'd rather die than live life that way. If you have that desire, there's not much I, I need to tell you, right? It's, it's, it's burning inside of you. It, it kills you every second of every day to, to go to this pointless job that you don't care about. That's not paying you enough money that you hate your boss. You know, if, if you're like me, 
and you have that that feeling deep down inside, you know, and that desire to to not live life that way, then there's not much I need to tell you. You know, those those people are, are going to figure it out. And it's that desire that drives the action that's required to push it through. Like, I'm absolutely obsessed with with what we do. And I'm obsessed with accomplishing my goals. And I'm obsessed with pushing things forward and never, ever being in a place where I have to do what's you know somebody else is requiring of me and and it's that that drives the action so i would first ask myself do i really want to to do this or am i happy just working this job you know maybe you don't like your job that's okay i'm sure most people don't you know but just ask yourself do i really want to 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 live life this way cuz honestly my life's probably harder that I choose to live this way versus, you know, going to a job that has security. But to me, the reward of doing it on my own terms is better than the security. So my life, my stress, uh, fluctuations of business, I'm always the last one to get paid. So is Matt, you know, we always get paid last. Everybody else gets paid first. We are lowest on the totem pole in terms of importance of financial security. It always goes to this office, this studio, you watching this, paying for this so that you can see it, all of our staff and employees and uh, partners and whatever it is, the banks, everybody has a higher priority of payment than, than we do. We always get paid last. It's pretty stressful. We go through these fluctuations. When it comes down to it, we're the ones who make the sacrifices. We're the ones who are taking the risk. We're the ones who are putting our ass on the line. And so maybe you don't want to do that. And if you don't want to do that, then then that's fine. You don't have to do that. It's definitely not for everybody. But the question was, what would my advice be? And my advice would be to really decide if, if that's what you want to do. I've known this since I was a little kid. Like I told y'all earlier, uh, when Kat told me to repeat the question, instantly there's this thing inside of me that just hates somebody telling me what to do. It's, it's a reflex reaction. It, you know, makes my blood boil. I don't like it. And so I've known that since I was a little kid, and that ha- that's what's driven me to, to do all these things is to, I'll be the one to tell me what to do. I'll be the one who says I, I can or can't do things. I'll be the one who uh, dictates how my life looks. Nobody else is going to dictate it uh, for me. And so that is what has driven me to, to do what we do and what will always drive me to do uh, what we do is that, that deep desire. So... Ask yourself if that's true for you. And if it's not true for you and you prefer the security and you prefer having that and not taking on all this stress and responsibility, then then you probably shouldn't do it. And maybe you're just not happy with your job. There's plenty of jobs out there. Just go find another job. I tell people, you know, that I, I love this often. Like, I mean, losing a job is not that big of a deal. There There's plenty of jobs out there. Go go find another one. Go find one where, that you're happy with. I don't, I don't know what people are so scared about with this pursuit of, you know, finding what, what they want to do or finding, uh, what they're happy doing. But that would be my advice is just really, really decide if, if you want to live life this way, because I mean, in all probability, it's probably not for you and you probably won't enjoy it.
So that's it for today. That's the end of the the Real Entrepreneur Podcast, January twelfth, twenty twenty four. Twenty twenty four is going to be a uh, a big year for for real estate for us. Uh, we're looking for more investors. We're looking for more partners. We're looking at buying bigger and better deals. Uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up. This behind me, the Wholesale and Jumpstart Bootcamp. Um, we're doing a lot on the uh, the marketing side. We're excited to try out this new podcast. Uh, I'm very excited that we have new podcast mic stands. I, I complained in the last episode. Glad we got that fixed. It's going to be a good year. Reach out if you need anything, and we'll see you next time.